The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Okay, so I love daytime TV. I do. I have ever since I was a little kid. I remember when I was little and there would be a big guest on like Regis and Kelly or the Rosie O'Donnell show, and I would find a way to stay home from school just to watch it. As I got older, I would tape episodes of The View just to watch at home like after I got off work. And yes, the moment where Rosie and Elizabeth had that fight, that epic fight on The View, it lives rent free in my head. And even now, I probably say this weekly, but my God, I miss Wendy Williams so, so much. And that's just it. I love the full spectrum of daytime TV, from highbrow to lowbrow. Like when I say I love daytime TV, I mean it literally. I love daytime television, which is why I'm so excited for today's guest. Tamron Hall is in that rare group when it comes to talk show hosts. So often hosts are celebrities or personalities that we know from, you know, here or there. But every once in a while, a journalist sneaks in there and knocks it out of the park. Tamron Hall is in that rare group. She says it herself. When she first got the show, she knew exactly what people thought of her. She was that journalist who got fired from the Today Show. But since then, she's turned it into an Emmy-winning juggernaut, featuring a spectrum of types of shows, from celebrity interviews to heartbreaking personal stories. Tamron's show literally covers it all. And that is what makes her show so great. It scratches every single itch. So go on and grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Tamron Hall. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. To me, daytime TV talk show hosts are like the hosts of the Oscars in that it is a pool of people that is just so small. The people who get to have and to be successfully daytime TV talk show hosts is insanely, insanely small. Do you, I mean... Do you recognize that? Do you see how like small of a group you're actually in? You know, honestly, I I do because I'm a t- I'm a TV junkie. I could probably tell you my lineup from age seven when I was a latchkey kid in the '70s until yeah. now. But it struck me recently when we did um, a piece uh, where the writer was reflecting on the legacy of Barbara Walters, mm. and in the article it said that I am the only journalist outside of Barbara and Oprah to have successful seasons mm. of a daytime talk show. Oh and I'm like, wait a minute. So you're in this weird rarefied air. And then yeah. it even gets a little more strange being a journalist. So it's front of mind because it's been written about. And, you know, 
being a TV junkie, I guess, yeah. I, I grew up, you know, Diana Shore, Merv Griffin, yeah. Oprah, Geraldo. Yeah. Um, I get, uh, you know, all of this list. So it is a unique uh, bunch of people. Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, my God, Rosie. Oh, my God. Ro- Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, Bonnie. I mean, it's like this. <laughs> Let me just tell you what you just said, because Bonnie Hunt, I interviewed Bonnie Hunt uh, last year sometime, and Bonnie Hunt talk show is the penultimate in sort of entertainer talk shows for me outside of Rosie O'Donnell because she's in a lane of her own but like it Bonnie Hunt I love that you just said Bonnie Hunt because she won an Emmy she won an Emmy yeah because it was so good because it was so good Bonnie yes. Hunt. So my my range is like it's like literally took you all the way to Dinah Shore. Yeah. <laughs> to Bonnie Hunt. Yeah. The road ends with Bonnie Hunt. I, and that's that's I think it's a very unique you know, I think the common thread, honestly though, I think we were probably all kids who talked in the mirror to ourselves. Yep. <laughs> because in yep. a way, yep. you have to be personable, yep. but you have to be able to keep a conversation going. <laughs> and I feel only kids who talk to themselves in the mirror understand that sensation yep. of dialogue with multiple people. It's only you. <laughs> totally. 1000%. I always said when I was when I was younger, I was like, I'll know I'm doing okay as an adult if I can make money just being myself. I can just make yeah, money exactly. talking the way I do and being me. And so far, it's worked out so well. So, like, yeah, you know, really well for you. I think I think it's the same with talk show hosts, and that like, it's yeah. a it's a weird group of people, but like you have to you know be able to talk yeah, to yourself you in the mirror. <laughs> and certainly, it started early, age seven. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I mean, I skipped the last day of school to see the premiere of the Rosie O'Donnell show. So, like. That's my love of daytime. It literally starts then. Like it was Okay, you are legit. Yes. You're legit. Yes. My first my first talk show that I ever saw in person, we skipped school, but it was college, yeah. and we came to see Geraldo. <sighs> wow. This is prior to this version. You know, that's when they were like throwing chairs and yes. it was a crazy wild time wow. in daytime talk show and we didn't come for his show but we ended up scoring tickets you know you could walk around yeah. New York back then and people I think they still do it with the comedy shows they're yeah. like hey you got tickets to our show yeah. right yeah, and yeah. I was walking with my friends and somebody said hey you want tickets you guys go to the world show we're like oh okay and we went <laughs> <laughs> it was like Wrestlemania back then literally it was like yeah. legitimately yeah. like Wrestlemania yeah. Yeah. wild wild, wild well how I mean be honest, how hard yeah. is it to do ah. a talk show? How hard is it day to day? It's the hardest job of my life, other than when I was a waitress for 14 days. And I quit that. <laughs> I can't quit this. The stakes are higher. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, they're a little higher. I got a kid and a you know, career yeah. to think of. Yeah. But I was a waitress at a steakhouse in Dallas, Fort Worth wow. for uh, two weeks. And I remember... Um, I was on college break and my friend said, Oh, you know, you make great money waitressing. I'm going to get you into my, so I get there and, um, they, you know, test me out on the lunch, uh, mm. shift where I had, you know, I lived near a golf course where the, the, the uh, restaurant was near a golf course and people would come in and they would, you know, want 500 refills of iced tea and, Oof. you know, bowls of salad on t- and then they give me like 50 cents and i'm yeah. like are you crazy I bet, where's the money so they said it's in the evening it's when the, you know the people come in with the red wine uh, and the i had one goal one goal in uh, 14 days that i didn't reach yeah which was to make it to the dinner time to make good money and uh, it was a very very hard job and it obviously makes me appreciate anyone who yeah. uh, works in a restaurant in any capacity yeah. But that job and this job, I'm not sure what they have in common. Yeah, uh, I'm serving people for tips, I guess. The ratings are the tips. Um, <laughs> but um, they are very hard 
that said, it's so rewarding. And I know yeah. that sounds cliche and I don't want to sound, I, I always want to show up to your point of authentic self, the seven-year-old me, how would I answer this question? Yeah, It's a kick-ass job. I mean, <laughs> really, that's what my yeah. seven-year-old who would curse in secret without my parents around. Um, it is because every day, much like news, it's a different day because we're live uh, three days out of the five. And the guests come in sometimes at the last minute, big guest call, and they say, I'm ready to talk and I want to talk to Tamara. Case in point, I am waiting for um, Black China to arrive. Oh, wow. Yeah. And will be her very first uh, interview on camera on TV. And we got a call. She yeah. wants to do the interview. So that switched my whole week and my whole mindset, to be quite honest with you, to focus in on who she is as a person and the story, right? Humanizing. And that's what I do love about our show. It's we are a celebrity daytime talk show, of course, but we have real people layered in. And we really have this expectation. And the audience, honestly, has the expectation that the celebrity, if you will, shows up yeah. as their authentic self. Now, that doesn't mean without hair and makeup, because I don't show up without hair and makeup, but it means, <laughs> like, you got to come to talk, you got to come to play, and yeah. we want to know the journey, and, and that's that's why it's such an exhilarating, it's so fun. Yeah. I, I'm a people person. I yeah. love people. I love um, my, my best, you know, uh, if you ask me what my dream day is, it's leaving here, I cook dinner, my friends show up, mm. my husband is there, my kids, and I have a very communal friend set of, yeah. of folks who... Um, come by and I just I love people so it extends to my personal life as well oh that's wonderful there is something about like watch I mean what I love about watching your show because I do watch from day one I have thank watched you. Thank and you. Thank I you. I love that it is because I you know I love journalism I work at Newsweek I love yeah. journal I love great journalism yeah. and you're a great journalist yeah. and it thank is you. rare these days to have a journalist hosting a talk show because it's oftentimes a you know comedian celebrity sort of driven thing and you do this nice blend between being a journalist but also being someone who has to connect with someone on an emotional level because you want that deep connection on a daytime talk show you want that emotional thing how do you find the balance between being the journalist but also being sort of an empath in a way and being empathetic to the person you're talking to and you know having some heart you know, this conversation is going to take a dark turn, okay. but here we go. I'm here for it. Um, six seasons, I hosted a show called Deadline Crime. Yes. Um, I was approached by uh, David Zaslov to uh, come up with an idea for shows right at the time. And he asked me, you know, my background, what, what's your story? And, and I don't know how it came up, to be honest with you, but I talked about my sister having an unsolved death. Yes. On murder. And we talked about this show and created this show, Deadline Crime, where originally it was five or six correspondents and I was going to toss to them a la 60 minute style. You know, I'm in yeah. studio and joining us now. So, so with the story and it was fine, but I said, you know, I, I don't feel attached to the show. I'd like to go out and take the stories myself. I'd like to go and travel on the weekend. So I would leave the today show MSNBC that gig. And then Saturday, Sunday, prior to having my son, yeah. I would um, travel and go to these places and people would walk in who, had either read about my sister's death or was they were told by my um, producers that, you know, she's mm -hmm. got a familiar background to this and they would come in and I would see a look of she's family yeah. and we're part of the saddest club that you can imagine. And I allowed myself to release this notion of what a journalist is or isn't. Mm. And I said, I'm a human and I am sitting in front of a dad who loved his daughter and her, 
he was describing her smile in such a beautiful way. I could close my eyes and see it as he was explaining. Yeah. And we both burst into tears. And so over the last, I don't know how many years I've allowed myself to understand that I can be a journalist, but to your point, I guess I'm an empath. Yeah. But most important, I'm somebody that you can speak to that it's safe. And I know that word is used a lot and people mock it and comedian, you know, there's the whole thing about safe space on college campuses, but don't we all want to feel safe, right? When you're ready to tell your story, whatever it is, I want to be feel safe to laugh. I have a cackle of a laugh, (laughs) which I've now embraced, but I remember even being, you know, in my today show years, I remember getting tweets or texts. You laugh too loud. Now I laugh loud. Yeah. So I am safe to laugh as loud as a woman isn't supposed to laugh or a black woman isn't supposed to laugh on TV. And I'm allowed to cry and that, gives our show um, a different feel, right? Mm -hmm. To your point, I love daytime TV. I could have named every show that came on and went before me. I love the laughter. I love the fun. But we found a lane. I think if I tried to do what Bonnie did, obviously I'm not as funny as Bonnie or talented, (laughs) wouldn't have worked. I'd be be somewhere now doing something else. But I leaned in on the journalism while also accepting the evolution of who I am now, Mm -hmm. which is to recognize that I have a right to show my heart. Yeah. And that, that's the conversation. Because yeah. if you sit at lunch with a friend and you're crying and you don't see a tear from that friend, get up and find some new friends. Because mm-hmm. I can't cry. Yep. <laughs> if I'm crying, my friend's crying and vice versa. Yeah. If I'm laughing, I want my friends laughing. Yeah. That's, that's the part of the vibe. There is something about, I've always thought this, like with, because I was a huge fan of Oprah and followed Oprah the entire yeah. time and, you know, everything. And there is something about, like from the from data, like you know, because you know, producers and everyone—they're always data-driven, numbers-driven, everything's yeah. driven. On the pa- on paper, someone like Oprah, the Oprah Show back in the day, should not have worked. It should not have been as successful as it was because of you know ignorance and stereotypes and all of the things. And I think in a lot of ways, because you're a journalist and because you come at this from a different angle than that celebrity sort of angle that a lot of talk shows come at. You also are in a similar boat in that, like, on paper, at the beginning, it's like, is this going to work? And it so has worked. You've won Emmys. You're in the fourth season. Like, and, and because people respond to both wanting to learn from you, but also wanting to, like, relate to you and the, and the quirks yeah. that you have, the big laugh and all of the things, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we love in talk yeah. show hosts is that they're not like us, <laughs> you know? But, but, but are, right? Because yes. here's the thing. I tell people the show is you know, brunch, two mimosas in, the people we don't like are gone because we always know that one friend who invites somebody and you're like, yes. I didn't know he was coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, he called me and asked what we were doing, but I didn't tell you to bring it. Yeah. So that one person that we really don't like is gone and you're with your true crew, yeah. your tribe, yeah. your friends, and you're able to talk. And I think the art of the show is to have that feeling, right? Yeah. So, you know, we may not be exactly the same exterior. We may not have the same journey, yeah. but how much fun is it when we just allow each other to take off the mat yep. and live and live our lives together? And so for us, right, you know, on, on our paper, on paper, yeah. you mean people were like, ha ha, yeah. the lady that got fired. And by the way, I'm like the D list on the Today Show. <laughs> so it's like, ha ha, the D list from the Today Show is trying to get a talk show. Ha ha. And I have my diabolical laugh yes. for the movie when I, I write love that. The guys that are walking and go, ha ha. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I came in and I think uh, the true love, much like Rosie O'Donnell, I mean, yeah. she loved Broadway. So she poured that love mm-hmm. into it. So I love TV. I love, you know, people in. I tried to pour that into the what this show would be. Yeah. And we're fortunate um, four seasons later 
that people get it. But of course I had many people say, well, what's the show? I said, it's a talk show. Well, what's the show? I'm like, you never seen a talk show before? (laughs) And it's because people, you know, are like, are you going to play games? I don't like games. But what's the show? It's a talk show. (laughs) And I kept answering it that way. And so we said, let's talk. I came up with the moniker, let's talk about it, literally because I kept saying, what do you mean what's the show? (laughs) It's a show that people talk. So we have this this arc of, of a show where, you know, we're fortunate. The only daytime show where Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. and Michelle Obama have made appearance this season and Coco and Black China. Yeah. I mean, it's like the range of yeah. stories. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And we, we had a kid on today, a phenomenal young woman, Tiffany Gay, her great aunt and a family friend, both are vision impaired. Mm. She's come up with a, um, a gadget that she's built. She's a science kid. Her dad mm-hmm. is a scientist that may change the lives of millions of visually impaired people around the world. Wow. The audience was cheering for her like George Clooney had walked in. You know, because <laughs> it's like, we, well, you know, when you tell a story, you can make anybody into a rock star. Yeah. And you don't have to embellish. You don't have, you just tell their story. So I, I really believe that we all have a story. Let's talk about it. And I just happen mm-hmm. to be the person facilitating the brunch with friends. Yeah. Yeah, totally. One thousand. I'm the host. I called everybody. Yeah, together. yeah. Twelve thirty. <laughs> I'll be there. I what, one of the things that I speaking of Oprah, there was this uh, podcast years ago called Making Oprah, and she. In, I know it well. Yes, so good. It. And in there's one episode where she talks about that she, the realization that she knew she wasn't going to do those kind of shows anymore. She wasn't going to be the tabloid TV. She wasn't going to go yeah. in that direction. So I want to know, like. Because you you do do the spectrum, you do the celebrity mm-hmm. interview to the news right. interview to all of those things. How do you find the balance in tone? Because you have to be entertaining, but you also want to be informative. Yeah. So, like, how do you find that right. balance? Well, you know, listen, we've had a number. It's no secret we've had a number of housewife stars, right? Yeah. I mean, so some people might would say that was the quote unquote juicy guests of the eighties mm-hmm. at Oprah and, and others, but I, I think. People are being talked about for a reason. Yep. Right? So what is the core of the Larsa Pippen, for example, the interview that got a lot of attention um, because the, I guess the journalist in me, some people saw showed up in that interview when in reality, I just asked the questions that I knew everyone wanted to know. Yeah. And in this case, you have a beautiful woman, Larsa Pippen, the former wife of NBA great Scotty Pippen, mm-hmm. who was the teammate of the great Michael Jordan. She is now dating Michael Jordan's son. I challenge you to sit down at brunch <laughs> with Larsa Pippen and not say, why Michael Jordan's son? Yeah. You know, you could date anybody. Yeah. Um, he's probably a great guy. Yeah. The age thing. Okay. You're 30 years old, whatever. His son. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I asked. Yeah. And so that's, for me, even with the interview coming up with someone like a reality star, like black China, you know, yeah. Instantly, I know people go, oh, wait a minute. This She was in this reality show. She's fought with this, the Kardashians. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's a woman who may have bet everything to be famous and lost herself in the process. Mm, yeah. And so I am approaching this interview as not a tabloid story, even though that's how many people know her. Yeah. But what is her story? Because at some point, she realized or she is saying, it's not what I thought it would be. Yeah. And that's the approach. So for me, it's not about being highbrow or low. I don't, I, I will read a gossip magazine like the rest of them, but having yeah. been in gossip magazines, I will assure you that it is not often the truth. Yeah. So I go in um, knowing that 
yeah, I could have a show all day long where we have a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. Yeah. That's not going to rain. That's real talk. That's mm-hmm. not going to rain. Yeah. Now, if I layer that person in on a show, our Let's Get Lit book club, and their mm-hmm. book is compelling, and we are just, it, it's, it's a different layer. We are still talking to um, people who want to be entertained. Yeah. Right? And, and I can find an entertaining lane in, in any interview, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a challenge is someone, honestly, like a black China who, on, at face value, going back to what you said on yeah. paper, you would say, this is tabloid. Yeah. This is for clicks. This is clickbait. What this woman, you know, she said she's got her, her butt down, her breast down. You yeah. know, she is tabloid fodder. She's yeah. on, you know, pages. Of, but I say, no, she's a mom. Yeah. She's someone's kid. And at the end of the day, she did all of this for fame. Yeah. That's wild. And why? And what's the cost? Yeah. Right? It's the, it's the classic Hollywood. You love TV. We love, yeah. we love bro- cautionary tale. Yeah. The, co- the girl totally. goes off to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Comes back yes. a different person. One thousand. That's what I had. I recently interviewed Paris Hilton and it was one of those stories. Yeah. I, I remember talking with my editor being like, I know it's Paris Hilton and there's a lot of baggage that comes with Paris Hilton, but trust me, there's a story there. There's a person there. Absolutely. It's fascinating. And like, you got to look past the, like, and she even said it in the interview, you got to look past the dumb blonde in order to get yeah. to a little bit of it. It's important. But it, And isn't it great? Because that's the, your role as a journalist, my role as a journalist, our role as communicators, right? Yeah. Is to walk into the room and not judge. Mm-hmm. Coco, Coco Austin, the wife of Ice-T, she's yeah. not spoken in, she's been beat up yes. in a way that, I would read occasionally some of the comments, you know, you go and we all do it mm-hmm. to see what people are saying, yes. even if they're not real. You're like, let me see what they're saying. Yep. And there was a level of vitriol that uh, it made me sick. Yeah. Right. And I kept telling my team, I want to talk to her because she's a strong woman, but she's a human and you can only mm-hmm. take so much. Yeah. Right. And I approached it at that, that from that direction when I asked Coco Austin to come on, which was one of our highest rated shows, because it's like, here's this woman who is a mom. She may not, on the exterior, she walks in the room, you're going to have an opinion. You're going to, yeah. Go Austin walks in, yep. you're going to say, ah. And then you start talking to her. Yeah. And you say, she's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And by the way, no one deserves to be treated like that. No one deserves yeah. that judgment. Yeah. And you get to the magic of daytime. Yeah. It's someone that lives in an entertainment world, mm-hmm. but we pull back the layers. My favorite movie is Shrek. Yeah. Of all oh, time. I love Shrek. Because Shrek and Donkey, they're yes. walking, much like you and I are talking yes. right now. Yes. And they say, like, we're like a layers, you know, parfait. And he said, no, like an onion. Everyone's, a, we <laughs> yeah. have layers. Yeah. And I think why we both love daytime, I think probably if we look at our backgrounds and our journeys, it's similar. Mm-hmm. Someone's judged us from our exterior. Yep. Someone's judged us from yep. where we're from or mm-hmm. where we were born. And then you start to peel back these layers totally. and then you see who we are. And the gift of that allows us to give that gift to other people, yeah. which is I'm going to pull back your layers. My producers say no, the directors, everybody's yeah. like, why is this person on your show? Yeah. But I'm going to pull back the layers and I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And that's what we do. Oh, that's so beautiful. Cause it's so true. It's, it's just, it's just so true. So, okay. My last question for you is, and this, okay, is, okay. this is the one thing I know I answer long. Oh I no, you're long. fine. You're fine. Trust me. <laughs> you know, this as a journalist answer all day long you want i mean give me all the information honey i one of the things that i always and i've talked to a few talk show hosts over the years mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite questions is probably the most basic question that you always get asked but yeah. i have to ask it because it's talk show what is your dream guest that you haven't had what is the guest that you're just like dying to have 
So Eddie Murphy. Ooh. I had Eddie Murphy on Zoom, which at the time I was so proud to bring up that I was a fan of his music party all the time. Yeah. It was my jam. Yeah. And I said, don't you want to come back and sing and, you know, maybe perform with Meg the Stallion and you have to pull up his reaction. He, we had to beep him out 500 times. <laughs> He's like, Meg, Meg the Stallion wants to sue my old ass. <laughs> and then proceeded to give us more colorful language. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. So, I, I I was so honored that he accepted the invitation via Zoom because, you know, this is when we were in lockdown. I want to go on the road with Eddie Murphy and I want to do a Starbucks run mm. because every time I see him in the tabloids, he has the Starbucks cup and he's walking in oh, yeah. like seven times a day. Yeah. Every time you see Eddie Murphy, Us Weekly, he's walking with a Starbucks cup. People Magazine, there's Eddie Murphy walking in the Starbucks. <laughs> I want to know what is his order. I want to go. I want to yeah. know what he tips. I want to know the name he gives on the cup. But most important, I do think that he is one of the greatest comedians yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, I am a fan of comedian. I, I, Richard Pryor yeah. is, I, I, if I could get a tattoo of a human, it would be Richard Pryor on my arm. Yeah. Um, so I, I deeply love um, Eddie Murphy, his storyline, um, the bet on himself part of it. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things that I, I think I would love to explore. I, I could give you, you know, a, a list of people, yeah. but it's also a feeling, right? When you know this feeling when people come to play, as we call it yeah. in our business. Yeah. I've had very famous people that I won't name that I thought, this is going to be a phenomenal interview. I'm going to sit down and I know everything I've read. Yep. And they are as flat as a boy. Oh, I have been and there. You leave there. <laughs> it's horrifying. Your yeah. heart, your mouth goes dry. Yeah. Your heart's pounding. Your pits are sweating. Yes. And you're going, what just happened here? Oh. And you're, and then you go, this is why I just, uh, yeah. and, and that's a terrible feeling. And I've had it a couple of times that I will write about one day. I'm sure my book, You should. but the feeling of when people come to play, yeah. right. Oh. When they come to talk, it's exhilarating. Whether they live, it's exhilarating. Yeah. And I feel that for me in short, to answer that question while Eddie Murphy's at the top of my celebrity list, for me, it's a feeling. Yeah. I don't care if you are famous. I don't care if you're a writer. I don't, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. I just need you to come to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, because I can tell, I can tell when people give me the company line. Oh, I can't stand it. Totally. I had this interview recently with Billy Crudup and for a show, Hello mm. Tomorrow, and I thought it was going to be the most boring. I went in thinking it was going to be. I'll be honest. I thought it was not going to yeah. be fun because I thought he's a pretty boy actor. All of those things, <laughs> and then he is, he is. But then he came <laughs> in and he was funny and he was intelligent, and I was like, "Who are you?" I think it's the influence of Isn't Naomi it? Watts. I think it's the influence of Naomi Watts. I, but- I think you're right, Naomi Watts, <laughs> but it's that feeling. So for me. Yeah. I, I've long given up on this idea of, okay, my guest list of people yes. I want to talk to. Yeah. It's a feeling. We kicked off this season with the cast of Pea Valley, right? Mm, yeah. A lot of people, they have loyal fans, but it's still a show that lives in, in, the, in, 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 yeah, it's a niche. Yeah. And they obviously believe because of the content it's set yeah. in Mississippi, yep. you know, the lead character is non-binary mm-hmm. and it's this gritty world of strip club culture and, yeah. and you know, but at the end of the day, it's about family and heart and having mm-hmm. a dream and wanting it better. They came on our season premiere, which was a risk. Everyone's like, oh, my God, you're kicking off the season with this show. I said, yeah. listen, this, I'm, it's a feeling. Yeah. And when they came out, you know, Nico and on the whole cast, they came and they poured their souls on why these mm. characters who, who would not normally have a seat at the table. Yeah. Have 
fans around the world. It's a feeling. And that's what I love. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. It was so great chatting with you. Oh, I love it. And come back and see it. We'll get, come back like you've I, been in the studio or yeah. Zoom. This is a trickery of mine. <laughs> come and see us in person. I will. I will. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so what's your favorite talk show? I mean, I still watch The View literally every single day. But my heart will always be with Oprah and Rosie. It just will. You know, they're my first and my only two forever and always. But let me know what you think and let me know what your favorite talk show is. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you're able to leave a little rating and review and maybe consider, you know, giving us a nice one because that's always fun. For the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, be sure to subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. (laughs) It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.